0: You know, it's always a joy to get to be in the house of the Lord together. This morning we are wrapping up our message series where we're talking about prayer. And we have, and more so talking, more so than talking about it, we are praying. We've been praying for God's protection. We've been praying for God's power in our lives. And today we're praying for God's awakening, that God would do the work that only God can do and awaken us by God's own strength and power. You know, when we think about this word, awakening, it's, it's a good word. It's a good illustration, really, of what God does in our lives, because all of us are, are here right at this moment, whether online or in person, uh, we're, we're here because we woke up today. We were physically awakened now, I know some of you may be fans of the snooze button. I mean, it is 11 o'clock after all, right? You you could have hit snooze 15 times today and still made it here. So that's all right. <laughs> this is new. Choir, you would have had a harder time doing that, though, I think. You would have had to start really early. But, you know... If you like the snooze button, that's okay physically. It's just so you give yourself enough time, right? I had a roommate in college who was uh, an awesome guy, but a big fan of the snooze button. I remember we had an 8 o'clock class together our freshman year, which is a real bummer, you know, freshman year. And I remember getting up, the alarm went off, uh, getting ready, showered and all that stuff, come back. He's kind of still hitting the snooze, went and got breakfast, went to class, did a couple things, came back, still hitting snooze, right? So, you know. Physically, that's one thing, but spiritually, it's a different matter. Maybe for some of us, God has been calling us. God's been wanting to do this awakening work in our lives, and we've kind of been hitting the snooze button. If we're honest, we've heard the call of God, and we've said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll, I'll pray more soon. I'll set aside some time to do that soon. Some maybe maybe a couple days from now, or." I know I should start a Bible reading plan next sermon series. That'll that'll be good, next sermon series. Or I know God's calling me to be more generous financially, um, even to tithe. And yeah, I'll I'll do that. Um, I've just got to pay a few things off first. Whatever it is, spiritually snoozing can be a dangerous thing. It really can. Because when we put ourselves in this kind of spiritual snooze mode... We're not, a, we're not attuned to the voice of God like we should be. We get good at just kind of plugging our ears, going along things as is, and we're not really aware or attuned to the voice of God as we should be. Listen to what God says in the book of Ephesians. He says this, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Say that with me. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Maybe that's God's call for you and for me this very day. God wants all of us to be spiritually awake. Now, true spiritual awakening or revival, it's, it's not our work, it's God's work. It's nothing less, nothing more than than practicing God's presence in our lives in whatever way God chooses to reveal Himself. We, We listen to God. We speak to God in prayer. We encounter God through His Word. We encounter His truth through this way, and we submit our lives to the truth of God's Word. Spiritual awakening is when I hear God calling me to do something, and in faith I say, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. I may not have it all figured out or worked out, but God, I trust that you're going to do that because if you call me, you're going to equip me. Maybe it's saying yes to, to going on a mission trip or to serving somewhere, whatever it is, God, do your work in me. Here I am. Send me. So how does this work? How do we wake up spiritually? If we've been kind of in spiritual snooze mode, how do we wake up spiritually? Well, I believe it begins with prayer. Lord, soften my heart, open my ears, open my eyes, that I may hear you, that I may see you, that I may respond to your call in my life. I want to tell you a story about a guy. His name is Ezekiel. He's uh, a prophet in the Old Testament. And when Ezekiel started off, he actually wasn't a prophet first. He was a priest, probably served in the temple there in Jerusalem. And Ezekiel lived in a very difficult time. This was late in Israel's history there, uh, in Old Testament history. He was about 500 years before Jesus. And you might remember that before Jesus came, there had been 400 years of prophetic silence. So Ezekiel is one of the later prophets. Ezekiel is following prophets who, for generations, have been calling out the people, calling out their idolatry, just begging them to turn to the Lord, and they would at times, but they would oftentimes slip back into idolatry. We do that, you know? In fact, our whole next series, God's at War, is gonna be dedicated to talking about that exact thing, idolatry, because it's still real for us in our lives today. But in Ezekiel's day, Israel was under great threat. The Babylonians were a powerful nation, and God was going to allow them to conquer Israel In fact, that's exactly what happened while Ezekiel was alive. They came in, they they conquered Jerusalem, I should say, and they took many captives away. They took them 900 miles away to Babylon, and that was Ezekiel's fate. So here he is, a man who's been called by God to share the word of God, and quite frankly, that word is difficult. It's a hard word at this time. He's speaking to the people and he's calling them to repentance. Even in exile, he's calling them to repent and to change. But they're hurting. Their their hearts are so heavy because they know that they've disappointed the Lord. They've let God down in in so many different ways. And they wonder if there's hope. God called us. Back with Abraham, God promised to make us into a great nation and he did it. He promised that Through us, the nations of the world would be blessed. And here we are. Not even really a nation, hardly. We've been hauled off into another nation to be assimilated into another people. Is this it? Is this the end of the road for this chosen people thing? Is God going to choose somebody else? What's God going to do? And to make matters worse, then the Babylonians came in and they destroyed the temple there at Jerusalem. This was like God's branch office here on earth. This is where we would go to meet with the Lord. This is where Ezekiel had likely worked, and it's destroyed. Imagine how Ezekiel's heart must have broken. But you know, God wasn't done. God wasn't done with his people, and he chose Ezekiel to communicate that word through. He said in Ezekiel chapter 36, he gives some hope for awakening. He says this, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove your, from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to carefully keep my laws. Wow. God promises a heart transplant, if you will, from the great physician. He wants to take their hearts that have been hardened to the things of the Lord. These hearts turned to stone, and he wants to take those and replace them again with a heart of flesh, a soft heart that will hear the voice of the Lord, that will seek God. Well, how is this going to happen? There seems to be no hope. Does God, is God aware? Does he remember where we're at? What's going on? How's this even going to work? Well, God gives Ezekiel a powerful vision to show him what this could look like. So this, what I'm going to read here, didn't physically happen. It was a vision that Ezekiel saw, a prophetic vision that illustrated what God was going to do. And God was faithful to his word. He always is. Ezekiel 37, verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were, were very dry. Now, maybe for you, you've heard this passage before and you kind of know what's going to happen. It's easy to fast forward, but don't do that. Just sit here for a moment. Imagine what it's like to be Ezekiel, and you're being walked in this vision through this massive valley, and it's just full of bones. It's disgusting. It's it's horrifying, really. All these folks who had lived their lives and their bones just scattered on the ground. They've been there for a long time for all the decay processes happen, and here we have just a valley of dry bones a valley of people who had loved and were loved, a valley of people who had purpose and calling and all this, and just gone, gone. What an ugly picture. An ugly thing to have to walk through. And, and so he, maybe, maybe for us we've experienced some pain, some loss in our lives, and this brings us back. A little bit. And God asks an interesting question. He says, Son of man, can these bones live? Now, from a human standpoint, the answer is easy. Nope. Can't happen. I mean, when we're human, if we start our heart stops beating, no more lungs in or no more air breathing through our lungs, no more signals coming from our brain, we are dead. Over done not coming back it's just how it works we we live we die this is this is what it is like on earth but Ezekiel is a prophet and he knows that God is not natural that God is supernatural so God's got a lot of resources that you and me don't have and so Ezekiel gives a very wise prophetic answer he says sovereign Lord you alone know in other words I don't know how they'd live, but God, you know, right? You know, you're the one with the power. You're the one with the ability. And when we think about awakening, when we think about a revival, this is only the work of God. You cannot manufacture this. You can't just schedule it. You can't just, we can long for it. We can pray for it. We can ask for it. But this is going to be the work of God. So whenever we talk about awakening, we're talking about putting ourselves in position to experience the working of God, to be praying to God, saying, God, would you awaken me? Would you help me to listen to your spirit, to, to hear your voice, that when you lead me, when you guide me, that when you give me these nudges or maybe the two by four to the head sometime, whatever it is I need, help me to listen. Wake me up, God. Wake me up to your work. Wake me up to your work. Then he gave Ezekiel some strange instructions. He said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord what a strange set of instructions. I mean, he tells him, here's all these bones. You start prophesying to them, right? Like imagine if today you're driving or the near future you're driving and and you drive by a cemetery and there you see uh, Pastor Mark and myself. We've taken a little field trip and we're out the cemetery and we're preaching the sermon to the graveyard, right? Like, I always knew there was something with those guys, but this is a whole other level of problem, you know. Come on, they're, they're dead. At least find a live audience, right? That would make more sense. But this is exactly what he tells Ezekiel to do in this vision. and And so Ezekiel does exactly what he's commanded, verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked up and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath. So we have these bones being reassembled, reassembled back into humans, right? But no breath yet, right? they do really, not really alive yet. And some of you are like, see, I told you we need to prepare for that zombie apocalypse, right? It's, it's coming, right? It's coming, I know it's coming. We, there it is, I knew it was gonna happen, right? That's not it. That's not it. What this is, it's a retelling of the creation story. Remember that God created Adam and it says God breathed his breath of life into Adam. We're different than the rest of creation. We're different from the animals that God breathed his life into us, that we're created in God's image and we live and move and have our being by the power of his Holy Spirit. This is God's work in our life. We pray for awakening. We're praying for a restoration of that which God made us to be. That was God's idea. Sin was our idea. This is an awakening is coming back to what God's calling us to be. So it's done by his power. It's done by his strength. So as Ezekiel prophesied, this army raises up, if you will. Then he said to me, prophesy to breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, north, south, east, and west, and breathe into those slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Wow, what an incredible prophecy. Out of a valley of death comes a mighty army of resurrection. This is not normal. This doesn't happen just by human strength, right? But what does this mean? Remember, this is a vision that God gives to Ezekiel. What is the point in all of this? God isn't literally doing it. He's showing Ezekiel what could happen. Well, God explains in verse 11. So God said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We're cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open up your graves and bring you up from them. Then I will put my Spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done it declares the lord so this is a prediction of display of what god is going to do in their lives that ultimately god is going to bring his people back they've been exiled to a foreign land they may fear that they're abandoned they may fear that there's no hope they may fear there's no more future for them but god's going to bring them back He's going to do more than just bring them back, though. He's going to send Jesus. He's going to send Jesus to give his life so that they can live. Matthew tells us that when Jesus died on the cross, that that some graves were opened, that dead people, formerly dead people, were seen walking around Jerusalem. And, of course, it's a a prophecy about the end of times, right, When, when the Lord raises us up and raises us up to our heavenly bodies to eternal life in Him. God gives us hope. He gives us hope. Some of us, we need to find hope, don't we? When we look at our lives, we see a lot of dead stuff around. Maybe for you, you're at a place where you've given up hope on some things. There's just been... A lot of pain, a lot of difficulty, a lot of hard times. And maybe you feel kind of like the people of Israel there felt that, you know, my best days have probably come and gone, and I just got to live this out, and life's not going to be the same as always, but I'll make it. Friend, what if God wants to wake you up? What if God wants to wake you up to something new? What if it's not an accident that you you tuned in online today on a snowy day or that you drove through some snow to get here? What if it's no accident? What if God, through the power of His Holy Spirit, wants to wake you up? What if He wants to do this kind of work in your life? What if there's some dead stuff in your life that He wants to breathe His life into? What if maybe your, your calling, it's, it's not complete. Maybe, maybe it's shifting to something new. What if God wants to do that? What, God, God spoke to somebody in our congregation. not They're telling me after service last week, they said, you know what? God has called me to start setting aside my mornings in prayer. This is a person who's lived a lot of decades here on this life and was wrestling with, does God have anything for me to do? She said, yes. God's calling me to do just that. I don't know anything more important that could be done than that. Prayer is seeking Almighty God and His power, right? I can tell you as a pastor, there's nothing I could be doing more important than that. What, What a gift. What a gift for God to call us into something like that. Maybe God's calling you to be a voice of encouragement to others. Do it. Just say yes. Phone calls, cards, whatever it is, do it. Let God use you in that way. Maybe God's calling you to something new in your place of work. Maybe he's opening up an opportunity and, and calling you to step into it. Say yes. Take the, have the courage to do that. Or maybe it's a new ministry at church here that you've been thinking about serving in and you've been sensing God's call, but you've kind of been hitting that spiritual snooze button. What if you just said yes? I mean, we serve a God who does incredible things. I mean, God brought Israel back to their land. God restored this nation that had been scattered all over the earth. And God brought them back. He brought them back, and ultimately he brought up a Messiah through this nation, Jesus. He would change the world. He would save, God would save his people from our sins through Jesus, through this awakening work. And maybe you say, okay, but I've, I've had some really tough stuff happen in my life. I've had just some some devastating things that quite frankly not many people understand. I've been through a lot. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've got some scars from th- some things that just are really difficult and heavy and painful. My friend, we serve a God who wants to bring healing, and he wants to bring hope. I was reading, is, is this one okay or no? Can I grab the pulpit, Mike? Is there one, I'm sorry, the handheld. I was reading uh, about a guy who was doing some research, he had done research, thank you, on um, at, uh, Mount St. Helens. You remember back in uh, 1980, this place erupted violently, and uh, the whole world watched as this massive mountain just spewed out so much mess into the world. We watched in horror as as ash covered things for miles and miles and miles around, as, as countless animals were killed, as 57 humans lost their lives in this horrible tragedy. It was kind of the ultimate picture of death here on this earth, that in an instant, everything around was killed there seemed to be no hope as scientists studied though they observed that not long after this happened they began to see little gophers coming out of the ground they had been underneath for all the big action and they awaited and they they came out and their tunneling would begin actually to be part of what would bring new life to the area as god used them to stir up the soil in their own ways they also found that next year they were shocked to find that there were fish, new fish spawning in that area, that they found that some of the salmon and steelhead, that they had actually found their ways, despite the rivers being so clogged up with ash and mud and all this stuff, that they actually began to find their ways back to their breeding grounds. They, sometimes they took alternative streams, even six inches or less deep, that they would, they would fight to get back there and new life would be born And each year, that that population would get larger and larger. And there was still a lot of devastation, still a lot of destruction and difficulty. But today, we look at Mount St. Helens, and we see new life. We see new life. Now, make no mistake, there's still a big hole in the top of that thing. There's still a scar. But God can bring about new life in any situation and maybe you look at your own life, and you've had some Mount St. Helens-type experiences. And you said, John, if you, if you only knew, you, you have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea how much it hurt when my spouse walked out. You have no idea how the, the great pain that I experienced when my child started to do this, that, or the other. You have no idea what it was like when they let me go from that job. You have no idea what it was like when I lost... My loved one when my beloved spouse passed or my i lost my child long before it was time or i went through this great loss of some friends or family members you don't know and you're right i don't know but god does god does the same god the same God who can speak to a valley of dry bones and bring life. The same God that can call his people Israel back home and can send a Messiah through these people, a very broken and flawed people. The same God it can bring awakening in your life and my life today. That same God can wake us up. He wants to wake us up. So when we talk about praying for awakening, we say, do it again, God. Do it again. Wake us up by your power. Wake us up by your Holy Spirit. Wake us up by your strength, God. We want to experience you. We want to experience your awakening. Open our hearts. Open our minds. Open our eyes. Open our ears. We want to hear you. We want to know you. God, wake us up. We're tired of spiritual slumber. We're tired of snoozing. We're tired of missing out on all that you're calling us to do. Wake us up. God, you've you woke up people for generations. Wake us up too. God, we look at the scriptures and we remember. We remember. We want to be awakened as you awakened your saints in the past. Wake us up. God, we need an awakening. We need an awakening of your power. Just like Abraham, God, God. He was hopeless. You had called him to be a mighty nation, and they couldn't even have a child. They messed a lot of things up, God, but you woke them up. You gave them Isaac. You awakened Sarah's womb, and you worked a miracle. You met them in their hopelessness. God, meet us in our place of hopelessness today. God, for the person who can't see a future, who believes that's impossible, wake us up right now. Wake us up to see your truth. Wake us up to see your new life. God, you did it in Moses. You even before that, you did it in Joseph. We remember Joseph, God. He had been abandoned by his family, sold into slavery as an act of hatred. God, some of us bear scars. We've been hurt so badly. We've been through so much, and we don't know if we can take any more. But, Lord, you didn't abandon Joseph there in an Egyptian prison. No, you awakened him. You rose him up to a place of power. You used him to save the world from a famine, to even save his own family. Thank you, God. Use us to be people of restoration. Lord, we remember Moses. He tried to rescue an Israelite on his own. It didn't go so well. He fled to the wilderness. He was there watching his father-in-law's sheep, a life of boredom, mundane stuff. But you woke him up. At that burning bush, God, you called him. It was a big and scary call, a call to lead your people to freedom. Wake us up, God. We want to hear your call. We want to hear your voice. We want to experience your call anew. What do you want to do in us? Have your way, Lord. Have your way. We want to be faithful to your call. We want to be faithful to your word. We want to be faithful to your truth. Make us like Moses. And Lord, some of us were like David. You've called us to so much, but our sins have gotten in the way. David was a man full of lust, a man who even killed, a man who could have easily been abandoned by you, God, for all the evil he did. But no, he had a heart after yours, so he repented and he changed. And yes, there was pain, there was punishment, there was difficulty, but you woke him up. You gave him the Psalms, songs after your own heart that we can read today and we connect with you as we ourselves are awakened. Wake us up, God. Wake us up to our need for repentance. Wake us up to our need for change. Wake us up so that we can be changed and be more like you, so that we can turn from that which is sinful and turn our face towards you so that we can seek you and know you and be known by you. Wake us up, God. Wake us up. Lord, we remember Zacchaeus. He was so full of greed. The pursuit of money was all he cared about, Lord. And yet you called him out. You called him down from that tree. You called him into a new life, a life of freedom from all of that stuff. Wake us up. Wake us up from our addiction to stuff. Wake us up from a desire to be defined by our stuff. Wake us up to a new life in you, a life defined by your power. Lord, we remember Peter, a man who failed you in the greatest of ways. He denied you in your darkest moment, your most difficult moment of pain, Lord. But you called him back. You woke him up. You restored him beside the sea. You filled him with the power of your Holy Spirit. When he opened up his mouth on Pentecost, 3,000 came to you, Lord. Wake us up. We need you. We need your power. We need your strength. We, want, we don't want to be stuck in our failings. We don't want to be defined by our failings. Some of us, we've bought into that life for years. Wake us up. Wake us up to the new life that can only come from you, God. And, Lord, we think of Paul a man so filled with hate he was murdering Christians. You chose him. You chose the guy who was farthest away to be your top missionary. Wake us up. Wake us up to see that no matter who we are, what we've done, what we've messed up, there is hope, there is healing, there's forgiveness, there's new life. Give us the courage to follow you. Wake us up. Lord, for some of us, we look around in our lives and all we're seeing is dead. A dead marriage. A dead relationship. We're seeing pain. We're seeing deadness in our relationships with our kids or with our parents. We're seeing deadness in our place of work. We're seeing deadness in our, our health, our finance, or whatever it is to be. Wake us up, God. Show us your work. Move in us in mighty and powerful ways that we may be revived by you, awakened by you, ready to live for you, God. We thank you that you are real, that you are alive, that you are powerful, and we give ourselves to you this day. Lord, we love you. We need you. And we pray this all in Jesus' holy name.